This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Come on for picture. First positions, everyone. Yo, go. And action! Welcome to episode 341 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking. From indie film to studio films and high-end TV and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to royally F them up. In our very, very humble opinion. Today on the show, we have fantastic director and producer team, Rob Marshall, and John DeLuca. It's pretty exciting. We've also got my merman himself, Giles Alderson. <laughs> <laughs> and my fellow merman, Dom Lenoir, hosting with me. And even more exciting, it's actually a TV filmed interview. So uh, the hype levels are even higher than usual. I like that you say TV filmed. It's like... <laughs> it's YouTube filmed. I terminology. <laughs> it's filmed for YouTube. It is on our YouTube channel, uh, The Filmmakers Podcast. Do go search for that. I'll try and put something in the show notes. But to be honest, I probably won't have put it up on YouTube by the time the podcast goes out. But might be a cheeky clip, though. There might the be thing. a cheeky clip online. And that is the main thing on our socials, The Filmmakers Pod on Twitter and The Filmmakers Podcast on Instagram. Follow us there for all the latest, greatest news. But anyway, more importantly, Rob Marshall, John DeLuca, these are legends of the game. These are fantastic, fantastic filmmakers. For instance, Rob Marshall is the director of the Academy Award winning Chicago, mm-hmm. Memoirs of a Geisha. Mm-hmm. He's also directed Nine, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, Into the Woods, Mary Poppins Returns and The Little Mermaid. And John DeLuca has produced all those films with Rob Marshall. Um, That's pretty impressive. What a team. What a team. And we were lucky enough to sit down with them and chat all about how they make their films, but mainly about Disney's latest release, The Little Mermaid. Dom Lenoir, what did we talk about with the fantastic Rob Marshall and John DeLuca? We talked about shooting on a water stage at Pinewood Studios. We also discuss shooting virtual backgrounds for underwater and we talk about shooting a huge action sequence at sea with explosions which they may have learned something about on those Pirates of the Caribbean films. They may have indeed. We also dive into the casting of this, how important it was to get the casting right. This is based on a ridiculously famous animation based on a true story (laughs) of the Little Mermaid who came to land. No, it's not. It's based on an animation, um, and you'll know it, of course. Let's sing the song, Tom. Uh, Under the sea. That one? Yeah. I just have that. those three, three words on repeat in my head <laughs> ever since I watched the film. <laughs> Sometimes I treat uh, Jars to a, a one, one or two second uh, audio message of that. Oh. Just uh, out the blue. And it is a treat. Let me tell you. It is. And we also talk about uh, the long-standing collaborations that they have had with each other, but other people as well, and how mm. their previous work made them perfect for The Little Mermaid. Oh, it's a great episode. And like Dom said, it was a TV-filmed interview as well. <laughs> <laughs> so there was extra pressure on us. Uh, filmed on the telebox. Filmed on the telebox, <laughs> just for you. Yeah, you can probably see the... Probably see the panic, panic in, in our eyes in like the first minute or two of the. Edition. It's so hard to get that first. We're, we're the ones yeah. that have to like do the thing as well. Mm. Like, like when, when you're interviewed, it's it's quite fun because it's like you get asked questions and you talk about the thing that you've done and you you get through <laughs> loads of them. And when you're the interviewer, it's like oh shit, we've got to. 
We've got to do something good here. Yeah, you've got to come um, up with funnies and witties and stuff like that. But yeah. to be fair, both me and Dom came up with a brilliant pun at the same time. And it yeah. was a race to see who could say it. You can see, you can yeah. see us wait. Here we go. <laughs> uh, you'll find out who won yeah. uh, that particular battle when you listen to the podcast or you watch it on YouTube on the Filmmakers Podcast YouTube channel. Yes. Mm. When it's like really, really, really big guests... And unless unless we're really sort of jumping into the jokes, I just tend to, to deploy the puns, but I don't I don't leave, like, leave a gap. And, and sometimes they don't know that it's a pun. So so if anyone's listening and they hear a pun and they're like, was that a pun? He didn't sort of play it like a pun. It was always a pun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Tom Lamar, ladies and gentlemen. It's always a pun. We had good fun at this uh, this TV filmed interview. We did. Um, yeah, we we saw we saw the Little Mermaid herself. We did. Uh, Hallie Bailey is her name. Did the the very British um, raise eyebrows, sort of partial nod smile, uh, and got something similar back. <laughs> is that um, what you did? Probably slightly more graceful. Yeah, right. that's why I did. <laughs> I said hello. <laughs> well, I said hi. Said hi. And and Jonah Hoa King, I think you were so en- enamoured with your uh, Hallie weird eyebrow raise thing that you're talking about that you didn't see Jonah Hoa King who plays Eric because I did and I went hello and you walked oh, on oh okay yeah yeah, you, yeah, yeah. but you, then you, you I were, didn't uh... see Melissa McCarthy and you did so I must yeah. have been in awe yeah, of she Jonah. blanked me she blanked me she blanked you <laughs> she <did. laughs> no, no, she, but she did look very like serious like for someone that's a comedy actor, she looked like she was like seriously prepping for an interview in like business mode. Well, she probably um, thought she was so coming that, that... to exchange puns with you, and she was like, well, "I've got to be yeah, on my yeah, A yeah, game yeah. now because this guy, exactly. this yeah. guy." And then we checked to Javier Bardem, yeah, yeah, for a few seconds. <laughs> and I think I think the comment was, "Oh, Giles, look, there's there's Javier." <laughs> <laughs> you know, there he was looking at his own poster. Yes, uh, and. and and he just sort of looks around and he's like, oh, oh hello. Uh, hello. Uh, you caught me looking at my phone. <laughs> he, he does sort of have that. He does have that kind of voice. He's like, uh, yes, it's a bit of a likeness. He, he says something like that in his, yes. you know, un- unfeasibly handsome, powerful, masculine form. Yes. He's a handsome He's a handsome guy. When, when you see him, you know, I'm a, I'm a straight man, but Javier is a man. What? You know, what? He's, a, he's a real man. Yes, he yeah. is. Absolute wonderful is. guy. I, I actually really yeah. enjoyed this film. Me and Dom were nudging each other yeah. and giggling like little men. Yeah. Enjoying the film, really reminiscing, because yeah. it was it's really good. There's no question about this. Uh, uh, it's a really mm. fun adventure family fantasy, and I think this will do really, really well and make a lot of money. A lot mm. of money. It's number one on IMDb at the moment as well, by the way. I imagine wow. it's made a fortune already. It's probably made its budget back. Mm. Washing away the competition. There we go. If you don't know the story, uh, it is uh, the, of The Little Mermaid. It is a young... Based on a true story. It is based on a true story about a young mermaid <laughs> who makes a deal with the sea witch to trade a beautiful voice for human legs so she can discover the world above water and impress a prince. Based on a true story. By yeah. David I mean, we've, we've all been there. We've all been there. We have all been there. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you do like this, uh, go onto our Patreon page and support us there. There's even more fun and banter and more dumb puns that I cut out that are uh, in the Patreon page. So go there horrible, and have, horrible some, guy. have some more fun at Dom's expense. No, at my expense for cutting out some great puns. Uh, so thank you so much for listening you're all amazing people by the way if you noticed last week's podcast went out on Wednesday rather than Tuesday some of those eagle eyed viewers would have known this is what happens when I'm not around I missed one episode Mm. and 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 300 and something 350 something whatever it is episode 340 episodes Mm -hmm. uh, of, of perfect Tuesday deployments go out the window it's a free-for-all. So, yes. You know. The reason for that was can. We'll come to that at the other side of this. But first of all, let's play the trailer, shall we? And then at the other side of that, it'll be myself, Dom Lenoir, talking with Rob Marshall and John DeLuca. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Sink or swim. As we go under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> oh, hi, John Dad! Abandoned ship!
above world. A man was drowning. I had to save him. This obsession with humans has to stop. I just want to know more about them. Ariel, don't! Poor child. I can help you. You can't live in that world unless you become a human yourself. Is that even possible? <laughs> It's what I live for. about you seems different. I can't quite figure it out. She got legs, you idiot. How are you guys doing? All we're right. good. We're so good. happy to be here. Yeah. Trying to get on the time zone here. Well, that, that's <laughs> impossibility. I've given that up. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes best, isn't it? To yeah. Just, go, just, just let it go. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, yeah. let it go. Exactly. Yeah. Wrong song, but anyway. Wrong song. Same studio. There we go. It's quite, it's quite relaxing, actually. Your backdrop, it, you don't get to enjoy it as much as us, but it, mm-hmm. it's very yeah. relaxing. We're watching yours, too. Yours is too. It's an immersive experience. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll, we'll get flooded at some point and then <laughs> the mermaids will join us. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic because at times I was like, how do they breathe? You know, the yes. question comes in your Good. mind, oh, how do they breathe? Well, that was all done on a blue screen What's stage that? because, well, we had to sing and speak. As you say, you had to breathe. So we realized right from the very beginning, that's how we're going to have to do this. We had to create an entire environment digitally. So everything, every strand of hair is added. Every, all the backgrounds, the water, of course, the vegetation, all of it was all added afterwards. But we all, it was all designed in in advance. So we knew exactly what it was going to look like. And, but even some of the costumes, obviously the tails, Mm -hmm. but even like Ariel's top, that's all digital. Because um, she was basically just in a little tank top and shorts because of how it had to move. You know, there was like a little ruffle there and that had to move in the water. So it was the most challenging film we've ever done. No question. The prep, you kind of went over that very quickly. But the prep (laughs) on this movie, yeah, we we had to find out these things in advance. The prep was massive, Mm. enormous. Yeah, but it freed us up on the day, so everyone yes, knew what they were yes. doing. We had we almost did like a little pre-movie before we actually even went into rehearsals. We had a because because everybody was in some kind of rig. You were either on wires or on a what's called a tuning fork. You're in, inside a disc where you can spin with a massive crane arm, and so and every person, every actor had about eight to ten people moving them around. Stunt people. Wow. So they had to know every breath and every line. And every count. They had to know how they... Musically, yeah. Musically, they had to know when to move, when because it was all... A lot of it's to music. and But you don't see any. I mean, our, our goal the entire time we were working on this film was to make sure that no one saw the technical aspect of it. I mean, that was the goal because it was very easy to make this uh, entire techno, technical exercise. Yeah. And it, but we felt like it was... Um, it was really important to make sure that the acting and the story and all of that, the character work was all front and center as opposed to all the technical, difficult technical part I, of it. I totally think you pulled it off. Mm. I mean, mm. we, like, I yeah, yeah. That. We, we were wondering like how, <laughs> quit filmmakers, we were wondering like, how they were breathing wow. and talking. Oh, that's good. So you thought like, they were really underwater. It genuinely Obviously. does look like it. Yeah. We, did, we, we did some underwater work, but it was only with Eric, you yeah. know, so he's the actual human. Yeah. Um, so there was some of that. And then obviously anytime we were broke the surface and we were in yeah, water, that that's real all water. real water in Sardinia because that's where we were. But we did some tank work too at, mm. in Pinewood, mm-hmm. um, like oh, the yeah. shipwreck and all that kind of thing. That was all, all that was with a huge wave machine mm-hmm. and a small tank. And we were <clears> so lucky that Hallie was a swimmer. 
And she was such a great swimmer. Yeah. yeah. Did you and an her? athlete. I mean, did you ask her before? Yeah, was that part of the casting You know what? Project? It's interesting. There were so many things she needed to be in advance. <laughs> yeah, so, like she so, needed, so many things. So she had to be, Mermaid. obviously, <laughs> <Yeah. Mermaid. laughs> a Mermaid. please. But she really needed to sing like she does. Yeah. Because it's part of the story, too. You know, that voice needs to be Have something. A gift. That, yeah. But on top of that, she needed to be strong and vulnerable at the same time mm. so it was it wasn't just strength but also kind of wide-eyed innocence otherworldliness we wanted yeah and also it was it, also we needed someone who had passion too a great deal of passion when she first auditioned for this i'll never forget she walked in i mean it's crazy to say this but we'll say she was the first person we saw for this role wow oh. she walked in she she sang for us she said would you like me to sing or read first and we said um whatever you prefer. And she said, I'll sing first. You obviously being a singer. And I remember she shut her eyes and started to sing part of your world for us. And by the end of it, I was com in I tears. Was, I looked over the tears. I mean, I just couldn't believe how m moved I was. I mean, she's so connected to the, the, to the lyric and to the feeling. And, and, and she set the bar so high right from the start. And then we saw everybody else, like hundreds of women, but, but she had set the bar so and she kept coming back over yes. and over again. And, and originally we did have an inkling because we had seen her on a television show. We were just watching the mm -hmm. Grammys and we asked to see her. So that's why we had seen her oh, first. Yeah, this, because there's something there, we'd the seen presence. Something, yeah. and the... But it was it was incredible to sort of go through the entire casting process and then realize the first person we saw was it. And then we did a screen test and it was fantastic. We sent the screen test to Disney, they said yes within literally moments. It was so obvious. I mean, mm. my goal always as a director is to never have to choose. My goal is if we can just sort of, you know, someone can come in and claim the role. So there's really no choice. It was so obvious that she was the one. And all actors say they can do everything. I mean, oh, you yeah, say, yeah. can you, we've done this before and can you ride a horse? Yeah, And they, they, I've never, it's like, so when we did say, do you swim? It's like, yeah, we, my parents had a pool, you know, wherever. But then I'd be in the water and showing her things. I'm, I'm a swimmer. And so I would show her how to dive and how to go in. And she'd be like, oh, my God, just like that. Yeah, natural athlete. So that was, we really had. Yeah, that was lucky. Yeah. yeah. That you was lucked like, out, I think. Yeah, yeah, on yes, that. Yes, yeah. She was like outstanding as a performer. <laughs> yes. But also, like, I was thinking she must be able to do so many things. So were, many Were things. you trying to prioritize the, the singing as the sort of the primary thing? Or were you looking at the drama scenes as well? Like, I mean, how do you sort of. It needed choose? to be everything, yeah. really. I mean, I mean, obviously, the voice is key. And, and normally, John and I work with actors who sing. I mean, Melissa McCarthy, you know, the, that's the perfect example. All of our films. Yeah. All of our films. I mean, in this film, Melissa, but it, it was sort Telling of... Telling the story. I mean, really Jonah, who plays Prince Eric, is an actor who sings. But rarely do we sort of work from the other side. Um, but we knew we needed a great singer. And then she, you know, then she read for us. And what was incredible to see is, that although she was rather green in many ways, it was so clear that she was so engaged about the work and was like a sponge. So we would give her direction. We would give her ideas and thoughts and what to play. And she was a sponge. And she was wa watching everybody. Watching During rehearsals? Watching Javier Bardem. Watching She's very Marissa. serious. Yeah. I would watch her watch because I wanted to see how, yeah. how she would be with these other actors. And it was just she would just watch them yeah. and just take it. And she's very bright, as you say. Yeah. And she, so. also, she also has a sense of, I think, um, you know, how much to do, you know, knowing that the camera picks up so much, so you don't need to do that much. So she has like a taste about that. She knew to trust that. Well, yeah. you also encouraged her to trust that. Mm -hmm. But it was important that, you know, I mean, just, f you know, you feel it. And, and it was always about keep it very real. I mean, I know this is crazy, but it was really important for us to make this fantastic world under the water very real. So that because for me, if you don't believe the people you're watching and don't believe the world, you're not engaged and you feel like it doesn't feel real. So you're not, you're not engaged. We want people to be moved by the story. It's such a classic, beautiful piece. I mean, mm -hmm. when John and I started this whole journey, we went directly to Hans Christian Andersen. 
first thing, and we saw immediately this incredibly modern story. I mean, it was written in the 1830s. Very timely to mm. us when we read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah very timely. Oh. Because what if, well, it felt like uh, someone who felt displaced, didn't mm-hmm. feel they belonged. Total outsider. And, mm-hmm. what, and, and learned not to be afraid of someone different than her, like an a, a, like a entire culture that's different than she. And it was sort of like, well, isn't that kind of what we're dealing yeah. with now in the world? Is in a world, world where we face so much xenophobia. Mm-hmm. And and fear mm-hmm. of the other and, mm-hmm. and from to, parents and from and from our yeah. the structure of our worlds mm-hmm. our countries yeah so the divisiveness in the world it feels like it's increasing so in a way this was such an antidote to that making this film the entire time about not being afraid of someone that's different than you and then with the character of Eric which in the in the animated film was rather wooden you know rather sort of well you know sort of not developed. Yeah. Mm. What, what it was, we thought we could develop that story so that you would have a character who was like a kindred spirit for her. They would, they would fall in love, not just because of superficial looks or anything like that. They would have something deeper than that, like a connection about feeling, both feeling somewhat misplaced, also feeling like they wanted to adventure and, and, and break past, you know, their, their own sort of barriers and find each other. And it became, Romeo and Juliet kind of tale. Yeah, it did. It was very important to us, too, as we're, while we were writing, that we didn't want her just to see this beautiful man and fall in love with him. We wanted her to hear his passions and what he believed in mm-hmm. before she, you know, understand what's who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. So she's hearing yeah. on the boat, she hears what he's saying, and it's like, hey, I get this person. I, there's something more yeah, than meets the eye. There's so, a connection, and... And 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 then they find each other that they're really they are deeply connected and so they go through you see what they go through to find each other ultimately you know it's like the like the hardest <laughs> hardest journey yeah. ever yeah like fish out of water I was just <laughs> yes, yes, yes 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 totally. yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it really is a fish this really is a fish out of water <laughs> yes absolutely we're talking like and absolutely felt that way as well and it was really nice that that came across with prince eric that he wasn't you know just one dimensional and yeah. he just had this that. handsome guy yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and it was so nice when that yes. got layered in with oh that's not his mum that's someone yes. else and yes that like, oh, was yeah mm-hmm. well, he's a fish I, out of water I, I, as well we had fun think, giving that backstory to him well i felt like you yeah. know this is a different genre you mm-hmm. know i mean i think that's important for people to know who love the obviously love the animated film but you're, this is a different genre, so you have to actually deepen it. You have to expand it. You ha- it has to be more emotional. You have all those opportunities to have a bigger, uh, more uh, I don't know, it, it, I don't know, it, emotional experience when you're watching it. You know, and we were lucky to find Jonah, who yeah. has this depth and this earnestness and yes. serious um, nature. He's 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 just a great guy. I think that comes across. Yes, yes, in the film. Yeah, and he doesn't take it lightly. He he. He is very handsome, and yeah. very appealing, but also he he's very connected mm-hmm. to his purpose mm. and what he believes is right, mm-hmm. and he wants to change. He doesn't just want to follow. As Eric, as Eric, yes, yes, as a person, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe as a person too. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you you bring a lot of yourself to every role you play, obviously, yeah. and mm. this is who he is actually naturally. He's just a, such a a lovely guy. But on top of that, he's such a good actor. And, you know, that was our goal, really, to find these, to make this a sort of a, a fuller story uh, between the two of them. And so so you're rooting for them, yeah. you know, throughout. They, they, were, they were both very, like, pure. And I, and I think that yes. really comes off. Like, they're, they're both two very pure people. Yes. Maybe the people around them aren't as much, or they're sort of getting on the way. That's mm-hmm. true. How did you, how did you sort of build those relationships with the two of them? Did you sort of do? Did you try and keep them away from each other so the magic was fresh, or did you let them spend a bit of time with each other? It was more. It was more. Or? It was more that. It was more Being. spending time with each other. I mean, mm. we they screen tested together too, oh, okay. and it was really important to see if there's chemistry. You can yeah. see that they're. they're <laughs> yeah. Well, but you, but you see immediately. You never know. Yeah, you, you don't. Really but on together. the day they were immediately friends. Right. Like right. and. and and obviously, that's what's the, the basis of this relationship is a deep friendship and a sh- and shared yes. interests, right? So, and and they had that naturally. You could see it on screen, you know. Mm. Whether you know the little moments that they mm. that they play, and and I think that all comes from this wonderful relationship they actually have in real life. Yeah, it just it just blends into that, especially because, you know, throughout this entire sort of relationship, she doesn't have a voice. So 
it's it's sort of like he, they're fine. It's deeper than that. You find something deeper than just sort of like a superficial kind of look or whatever. There's something the shared feelings, and um, yeah, they they were very special together. I mean, it was very obvious. Once again, we didn't have to choose mm-hmm. when they. You it could was, see, there. it was like, was well, that. there's the chemistry right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and the way Rob works, and thank God we have a, a lot of rehearsal time. And a lot of actors are afraid of that because they feel that they'll be penned in by what they find, but it's just the opposite. Mm. It's just to get layers and depth and get to know someone and to find out mm. the, the parameters and to make horrible mistakes and fools of yourself. And I think everybody felt very comfortable. Yeah. So that on the day when he says action, they are free to do anything. They're never locked in. And we're always encouraging, even in the moments. Mm-hmm. We want those mistakes. We want that spontaneity. Oh, God, but it's crucial. But, 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 you, but, but you, they have you a foundation. Built a foundation, exactly. Right. It's really crucial. And that's how they got to know. That's how all the characters mm-hmm. got to got to know each other, mm-hmm. even the ones with mm-hmm. the a fish and a crab mm-hmm. and a yes, bird. Yes. They would be there in the scenes. Yeah, we had you know? we had rehearsals with them in actually in, in uh, you know, in, in, in the space with us. So, for instance, uh, you know, David Diggs, who plays Sebastian, was in rehearsals with Javier, with 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 uh, Hallie. You know, they because you can't just fly in, do a couple lines and leave. There's no relationship there. They were part of the rehearsal process. So was Aquafina. Aquafina and David, too. They created this whole chemistry between, between the two, two of them. them. Yeah, wow. Really flirtatious yeah. and fun yeah. and, you know, like like. Sp- spatting with each other and sparring and yeah. it was it was and Alcofina I remember her saying I can't yes. believe that I get to be with the person that I'm talking to usually you go in and you do your voice mm-hmm. and you you know you don't need to be but it it so, so fed us yeah and it made such a different material he did yeah oh, good 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 and Jacob too Jacob too yeah. yes I mean they were all there in rehearsal because we realized that you know listen you're 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 gonna have to ultimately play a scene with like like a a mark on your shoulder right like <laughs> You know, I mean, that's what Triton is talking to, yeah, yeah. you know, a puppet on his shoulder. And so the, but that relationship has to be embedded. I mean, it's important to create that reality. Once again, this is the genre that we're in. It's a live action genre. So it has to feel real. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the, the father relationship? Cause yes. I, I mean, for oh. me, that was like one of the real strengths of the movie mm. is it's such a grounding. He's such an amazing presence. Yes. Um, you know, did you always imagine him in the casting? Like, was there any sort of, <laughs> was there any changes as you got him involved? Well, in the film? It, it's that interesting. Was a we, serendipitous yeah. event. Well, here's the thing: we've always wanted to work with Javier. We've known him for a very, very long time. Uh, we know Penelope, his his wife, yeah, we and so a couple times. And so she's comes and, in useful. Yes, <laughs> and she's she's incredible. And she and we had a um, we decided, you know. We actually, do you want to hear the crazy Tell story? Tell the story. That's a great the crazy story, story is we, stories, were, yeah. we were grocery shopping, hand to God. And it's true. <laughs> I mean, and we were in one aisle mm-hmm. and we were talking and I said to we were John. Discussing. I said, John, don't you think Javier would be brilliant as Triton? I mean, we need just, a, just talking. Well, well, we need an actor who has great depth, but also is, you know, has great emotion too and can play the full sort of the power and also the vulnerability of the character, right? The whole range. And I said, don't you think Javier would be great? Also, he's the... He's he you know he's he's a god but he's also he has the, his daughters of the seven seas so it's has to be sort of international and diverse it just feels like so right for him then we were like maybe three aisles over ring my phone it's Javier <laughs> this is the Out truth of wow. the blue wow and he said and he literally says hello da 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 he said would you ever consider me for the role of Triton. <laughs> I took the phone, what? threw it into the so you're like into the, into the frozen foods and the frozen fish. <laughs> fish <laughs> it was the craziest thing. Isn't that bizarre? Yes. And yeah. it was like, wow. I mean, so the gods. Have, I said, well, and yeah. I, we told Javier the story. We said, Javier, we yeah. just yeah. were talking yeah. about this. Yeah. Of course, it's you. It's, it's those perfect. Things you can't believe. It's because he wanted to play too. I think it's because also, also, we wanted to work together, but also he has a young daughter. And a, a young yeah. son. And I think they, in what you were just saying about the relationship, I mean, it's a very, it's a very simple story ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. It's about a father learning to let go, let his child go. It's not that, it's not what he, he's obviously holding on, uh, for, uh, in a, a loving way, uh, protecting her, but ultimately has to learn to let her live her life. And, it, and, and, and it's not the life he had planned for her. It's a different life. And in doing so changes him. He learns about. 
that's what you learn. But right? I think that's what happens to, to a lot of parents. So they see their they see their trajectory of their child in a yeah. certain way, but it doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. Normally, doesn't work out yeah. like that. You're not they have their own. Human. No. <laughs> and he sees that he was just, in a sense, kind of fomenting this fear mm. in her and, and mm-hmm. in his whole mm. kingdom. Which was yes. which was very moving to us. Yes, and this... I think you and I think you need you know what's what's kind of uh, I don't know very profound about it is that you really realize that it has to, it takes a young spirit like like Ariel or like Eric to teach the sort of older parents and people about not being afraid mm-hmm. because they don't see it they don't live in that they don't have the fear and they don't have the history and all of that it's a really interesting point actually i think that's something that, that that happens as you get older you just naturally mm-hmm. become more and more fearful of life yes just do. and, and mm-hmm. kids just do not have any fear like they go yeah. to school yeah. they they play around they jump off trees yeah you don't see death you know you don't <laughs> see death yeah and it, it's such a valuable thing that they can teach it that's why if you can keep the child in you alive you know yeah. that's really mm. so important it's what we try and do as filmmakers yeah, yeah. Yes. Try and yes. keep that innocent child the yeah. story yes how do you see it exactly yeah. and it's hard tap yeah. that yeah, 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 yeah I will say Hans Christian Andersen going back to that and going back to the original tale helped us see it for fresh and keep that alive and see what that was because it's such a classic timeless piece that you know and here you are it's a beloved animated film so but we're doing something else with it we're reimagining it you know obviously holding on to the bones and the structure and all the things that are loved about it but at the same time, you are doing something else and expanding it. So it was um, – And understanding how, how Christian Anderson's life and what he uh, – you know, reading about him and mm-hmm. the, the the sad, drastic kind of outsider that he felt his whole life yes. and never would fit into this yeah, all world this, that he all wasn't the, a part of. Yes. I mean, all his so. tales are like the ugly duckling. It's always the, per- the outsider. Yeah. You know, Thumbelina, like all these Struggling characters that don't with- feel like they belong. And uh, and this is this is a classic version. So, of what it. was the process of of reimagining this from a sort of a script studio perspective? Okay, we're going to remake the Little Mermaid. Like, how does that start? Like, what right. are the processes? Of well, it was it? just the three. It was just John, uh, David McGee, who wrote the screenplay, and and myself, the three of us in a room, just starting at the top. Yeah, and saying, well, let's let, let's sort of work through this. I mean, I remember the first thing we saw was the, in the it, uh, the film opens two things. She's already the mermaid's already up um, on the, above the surface, sort of seeing what's happening in the world. And and the first thing I remember I said very important for Rob. Well, I just said I, I said you know what? Let's make it that she's never broken the surface. Let's raise the stakes. Yeah. This father. So she's so so she's never been up there. That's why we changed Scuttle from a seagull to a gannet. So it's a diving a diving bird. bird. So she only learns all the information below the surface. She's never been up there. It's not until after she sings part of your world that she can't help herself and goes to the surface. So that was number one. Number two, there there was an opening song, Fathoms Below, which was like the sailor singing a sort of sailing song. And it felt (laughs) to me immediately very musical theater, very musical comedy. And and, um, I mean, I understand in the animated film because it's already an artificial genre. So, but... It felt too musically to us because we're trying to create an actual real world above. So we said, and so we came up with this idea of taking that song Fathoms Below and actually putting it later as a sea shanty that they'd be, they'd be singing in sort of a celebration. His birthday on the, you know, yeah. nice. So it felt more, yeah. more organic, more yeah. natural. I mean, for me, the goal <laughs> when you're doing a musical, it's really fine line you have to really earn a song it has to feel completely organic like it comes literally from the story and you're not aware that they're singing because if we all know when you see a musical where they start to sing and it's slightly embarrassing or a little awkward you're like well this is not good and it's because it hasn't come grown naturally out of the story and so it so our first musical number is not until 15 minutes into the film Mm. but it had to it had to be earned it can't just start because then it's i mean every every musical has their own kind of you know trajectory how it works but this one felt like well you know what this is our somewhere over the rainbow right this is our i want song it's the motor on which the entire rest of the film was built, but we had to get there. Mm. She had to have a fight with her father, so she feels really trapped. So she feels she has to sing about what she wants and why she's not afraid of the people up there. 
And so it was it was a really interesting as we work through step by step we really were just trying to see this as a as a live action piece that was the goal and then you made all the adjustments and started to work on where where new songs would yeah, come that was mm-hmm. a big deal too after we knew you know structurally what we wanted to say and how we wanted to say it from beginning to end then we did go through and see we knew we had to flesh out with some new songs yeah um I know I didn't. I kind of like the animated that there aren't so many songs. I enjoy that in a musical. I don't think it needs to be song, 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 but we knew we needed another song for Ariel. Yeah, she only had one song in the animated films. Outrageous. We, she needed another. She sings part of your world. That's it. So you go, well, that's all she sings. I mean, there's a few reprises, but that's it. And so we, we, we thought we need, and we felt like it needs to be in an important place. It needs to be where she sings it in the film, which is the, her experience for the first time on land. Like, what is that experience? We want to understand what that's like. And of course... And I know it was very important for you, I remember when we were dealing in these sessions, that you didn't want to make it all, oh, this is a great place, and now here we go. You know, yeah. so it has to be harsh for her. You mm. know, a combination of beautiful Even the moment and harsh. she breaks yeah. the surface, she, these things are bo- bombs are going off. It's fireworks, which mm. we love and yeah. adore, but it's yeah. it's scary. I mean, it's it's one thing. Well, because it's her. new, you know, you're 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 a fish out of water, you know. So what so is that this was like? fun? That whole montage and what we do, we decide where the songs will be, then we in turn give it to our music. Yes, Alan Menken mm-hmm. and Lynn Miranda, and then we kind of say what needs to be covered in this song and yes. then they come back and then we have the dialogue and yeah then we i mean we, we showed them where we felt the placements were and they were they were like this sound this feels right that feels right we made some adjustments to things there were there was a you know we we realized eric needed a song we what is he feeling what what's his what's his yeah, journey that was, that was really important to find that song uh, we thought it'd be fun to have Scuttle have a song because Scuttle, I mean, Sebastian has two songs basically, Under the Sea and yes. Kiss the Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, what a timeless classic that is. Yeah. 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 It's so wonderful. It's been in my head. <laughs> under, this, under, under the Sea is very hard to yeah. get yeah. out of your head. Oh, yeah, please. Please. Was Disney always on board? Was it ever an issue? Like from the very beginning, was it always like, great, go ahead, make it. Great, put a song in there. Great. Oh, was there any fight back? Was there any issues? Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, this is our fourth movie in a row with them. Mm. Um, we have such a great relationship with them. They trust us implicitly. The respect's unbelievable. Yeah. They really trusted us to go do our thing. And they that, left, and I mean, that, co- that comes from wow. Sean Bailey, 100%, Alan Bergman, Bob Iger. They just let us go. All the ideas we had, they really embraced them all. Well, because we also, I think we're aware what it needs to be, too. We're not going to take it and, and th- yeah, throw, they the, know that we're, throw yeah. the baby out with the bathwater. We're going to like say, okay, all these things need to be here. How can we make it a, a deeper and fuller and more emotional experience, but also keep the fun of it and the joy? I mean, there's a lot of joy in the film, obviously, too. You know, I mean, just speaking of Under the Sea, that was with. Out of doubt, oh. the most challenging production number we've ever had to do because there was one live actor in it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And and there's millions of sea creatures in it. Yes. So how do we begin that? And they're act? playing instruments in the animated. And we're like, no, I don't think our fish can play instruments. We're trying to create a photo real world. Yeah, you know, as great as it was. So you yes, can't have like a, a fluke playing the sax. No. You know? And they're all based <laughs> on, all those are real fish. Those are real fish that even the yes. feathers that oh, become wow. her bow and the, those are all. Yeah. So how do you integrate that? Yeah. I, I remember saying to John, you know, I remember that Walt Disney himself had worked with the Ballet Russe company when they created Fantasia, like a ballet company, mm. so that his animators would have something, a form to sort of work to sketch from, a like template. a template. And so so I said, John, we should get a, a company, a dance company. So we brought the Alvin Ailey company over from America to London, where we were at Pinewood Studios, and we created it on them. Um, so we built the whole number on them. And they were all playing different sea creatures. So they were trying to mimic what they were. So either a feather starfish or a flatworm or a mimic octopus. These are all these crazy jellyfish, all these. And we were trying to literally have them play these. As the jellyfish, we were working with umbrellas, also (laughs) having tentacles, but also they, you know, so their legs, their legs could be moving as, as, I mean, we tried to try to replicate what each creature was and we did it on their bodies so that our cgi artists would have a template to work from so the whole thing could be danced and um it was it was so complicated to communicate that to the artists but but we had everything was done 
perfect. I mean, every single movement of that, every little feather, all of that is choreographed to a T. Every yeah. it looks like wow, just like again the preparation. They're just having fun. Yeah, that was key yeah. in this whole process. Yeah. But it was. I mean, there's one point at the finale of the number when there are like hundreds and hundreds of creatures up there, mm. and every one of them is choreographed. It's, wow. Uh, so it was, and and it was. It was daunting. And once again, we don't want people to see that. They go, oh, this just looks like everything's just happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it but it's, yeah. it has to, it's like it's yeah. the chicken or the egg. Mm-hmm. What's well, How do you start that? And we we built it from scratch. Storyboards, previs, all of that on their bodies. The whole thing was shaped step by step, shot by shot. It's brilliant how you actually... eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about Crunch Chocolate Bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drumroll please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch taking these sort of musical theatre ideas and turning them into animated live-action yeah. principles mm. and actually that give it authenticity. Mm. And coming from the choreography background as well. That helped both. us. Yeah, yeah. That helped yeah. us, the fact that we well, had that. I mean, I don't know anyone on the planet that could do this movie, but this one. No, no, because I of the, the same no, way No, because you, of it, your musicality and your just awareness of the camera and movement. and I mean, it's crucial. Under the well, sea. I mean, you it, know. It really, really... As, uh, we again, we always say we just want people to have a good time and feel the emotion, mm. but it was very complicated. It really, and you need patience because you can't go. You have to go from point A to point B and take baby, baby steps. I mean, the methodology meetings we would have on this with mm. all our creatives would sit around these tables, and it was How exhausting. Do we do How do we, we do it? it? We had to crack it. That's why this took four and a half years. Because it was 2018-ish around then when Tw- you saw exactly. the announcement. Yeah. Fall of 2018, yeah. we started writing. Mm. And then t- in 2019, we started doing some yeah. early prep. Did you? Were you always going to do it kind of on sound stages ish with CGI? We knew I, we I, had to because yeah. there's a, because yeah. because you have to sing and you have to speak and play scenes. So there's just no version of doing it underwater. So we knew we had to create that world. And thank God we, we wanted had, always to have movement to everything. I mean, our, we, we had our team from Chicago, uh, the film Chicago. Yes. So literally almost over twenty years ago now, that team. Because we needed, we needed. We our keep them close by. I was going to we say, well, we needed our very 18. loyal to Colleen Atwood, John Meyer, Dion Beebe. We needed all the people, mm-hmm. and then Tim Burke, our visual effects supervisor, who's a, a genius. Joey Pizzi and Tara Nicole. We needed every person. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Everyone. but you're right, though, when you say it's sort of like has a, sort of a theater. I mean, I always feel that musicals on film are a hybrid of theater and film mm-hmm. because the because you have to rehearse it almost like a musical like you would do it of, of course you're going to then do something completely different when you're filming and all of that but there is there is a process that's very similar mm. how, how did you approach right. the the action scenes like let's talk about the uh, um the ship, the ship. getting blown, blown yeah. that's real fire yeah that's real fire were you because yeah. it felt very real a lot of the time it was freezing ship. cold and <laughs> chuck it was water coming up yes so a lot of that water is re- i mean we most of that water is re- what, what, we, what, what we did was we were in the back lot at pinewood studios right yes. okay. so we had so a, we, we had a yeah. we had a gimbal that was three stories high so a gimbal is something a, a, me- a mechanism that's underneath that that rocks the boat give it, give and it. especially you know when when there's a shipwreck goes you know really goes flying but we also had huge dump tanks and rain yeah. Real rain, because mm-hmm. that's all interactive. So you can't add that. So the rain and the th- and the lightning and 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 all those big sort of big masses of of water that was all being poured right on top of them. Huge, huge tanks of water mm-hmm. that were filling the ship. And then, as John just said, when we got to the moment where the uh, the ship goes on fire, mm-hmm. that was all real fire because we have a great team there, mm-hmm. and um, it's and and it was, yeah. just, <laughs> but also, but also, it, it, we could actually. 
work with it too. I mean, it was very, I mean, we, you can, you can do it in such a way where it's not dangerous yeah, to the actor, yeah. mm-hmm. but, um, it helped the actors, actors though, I think really feel like they were in a shipwreck, you know, yeah. things were breaking. We had bro- broken, you know, broken rails that could break. And, and it was, again, it's like a musical number. It, That's the fun. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yes. Really, the whole film felt that way. And it mm. felt, actually, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was really glorious to watch. Oh, it's literally so That's yeah. funny. I still really enjoy watching that, to be honest. Right. I really, yeah. The shipwreck I, yeah, I really like the shipwreck. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it starts as a storm. And then it turns into a shipwreck. So it's like a, it's a, you have like two things happening at the same time. I have to say the fact that we had done Pirates of the Caribbean helped a lot, having well, had work on the ship say, before. Of course. It was very, Reasonable very, prep. Yes. Yes, so, exactly. And we so. had mermaids. We made yeah. everybody watch that, actually. Oh, really? Because yeah. we liked how that came out a lot. Yeah. Well, because, so we I mean, before they turned into killing machines. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was, no, well, we learned a lot. This is the You're prequel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we learned how to work with actors who, you know how they're going to have tails and how they're going to move yeah, and you yeah, know right. and the look of that that was that was helpful and also how to work on a ship and how actors need to behave and move especially when yes. they haven't like these these pirates oh sorry not in the pirates Caribbean, in this one they're supposed to be yeah, on a ship yeah. they're sailors mm. yeah. yes exactly. whereas you've got actors who are okay we're rehearsing for a couple of months or whatever yes. and it's a very different well yeah, you know it's interesting uh, we had a lot of stunt guys uh, on that uh, obviously mm. there with their mm. incredible yeah. with with adam curley who's our wonderful stunt coordinator but also we had dancers right. yes so, yeah. so because we can speak, they speak our language. Yeah. And so when we're doing something like Fathoms Below, but also a lot of the stunt work, they can do that kind of thing too, because they know. Dancers are there. If you tell them to be at that moment mm-hmm. at that point in time, yeah. it, they are there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. stunt you people know? too. Mm-hmm. And stunt yeah. people yeah. too. They're like dancers. I mean, it's so, you know, it's really helpful like two to sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But we loved choreographing that. That, I mean, I have to say that felt, <laughs> you know, when we're not, because everybody else, we were, we were on wires and like crazy contraptions and apparatus underwater doing that whole thing. So when we were actually above the surface, it was like, wow, we're doing like a movie movie. Now this is, the other thing was like, wow, this is, was so, so, so complicated. Yeah, imagine. And just jumping back, you mentioned Chicago there. 20 years ago surprises me, but it was 20 wow. years ago. Yeah, us too a little bit. <laughs> technically, it was your first sort of. At something else when you did Annie before, but yet you're now doing a musical. I know you're heavily involved as well. Just talk us through the difference, if you don't mind, sure. from that, how it felt, mm. just for our filmmakers out there, the difference between that first film and being a huge first film, by the wow. way, to this, okay. which is now, you know, who you are, what you've both achieved. Wow, that's such a great question. It really is. Like, I, I, my, um, I rush back to that. I mean, you know, the interesting thing about Chicago is that because all the numbers, I mean, in terms of the con- concept that, that, that I worked, you that, that I created, out, yeah. um, which, which was that the, from Roxy's, yeah. well, I mean, what, I mean, the bottom line is that the musical numbers in that film took place on a stage, all of them, because they needed to, because they were created that way. They were all create, they were all created literally as vaudeville turns. So they were all vaudeville numbers, presentational numbers to an audience. Mm-hmm. They weren't like sitting in a, you know, a room and, and, and talking. Burst out into song. song. No, it, they were actually on stage. Which helped. So yeah. bridging that from my theater background, as an example, our theater background was very helpful because we were doing stage numbers. Sure. So, so, okay. and this, this, um, compared to that is, is completely different because there was nothing stagey about this. You know, this had to feel, it, this was environmental in a way. Everything. You couldn't just turn the lights on and do a number. Yeah. You know? no, <laughs> which no, you'd love to, but there's no proscenium, you know, you're, yeah. you're basically underwater, you know? Mm. So, I mean, you know, so we had to break it apart in a completely different way. I mean, as an example, part of your world, her first number. When we first did this, we said, let's just start on our feet because we can't put her up in the air. You know, how are we going to even work on this number? So we actually built three different sets next to each other. The lowest part of the grotto, her grotto, where her little rock is, the this, this middle part of her grotto, where, where, there, where there's some, where she sits and she lies down on the sand, all of that kind of thing. And then the top portion of the grotto, where she reaches, you know, to the, to, to the opening. To the yeah. yeah. So that way, when we were working on it, we'd start in one, she would walk to the other and she'd walk by. The, so we mm-hmm. would do that. And then after we knew what we were playing, what she was playing as an actor, what she was feeling, the, and, and, and what the sort of quote unquote blocking was, then we moved into putting her on a rake. 
And, and, and as I think you were saying before, there were many different rigs that we would use. Mm. So there's sometimes she would be in on wires because she needed to just go up and sit and lie back or something. Then there'd be something where she actually needs to move and spin. So she'd be on a different rig. And so, and, so and the filming was so painstaking so it, it, because we have to keep changing. It the wasn't rigs like just put them on a stage. The demands was, were for for physicality. So yeah. I think I, kind I, of inventing new things basically for exactly. movement. You're, yeah. you're exactly, basically reinventing movement. We were and just, just using our imaginations because, yeah. as Rob says, it was a horizontal world that we yeah. were dealing with, but it will be a vertical world. So we had to mm. know that, oh, she has to get from there to there as opposed ah, to there yeah. to there. It was kind of it was, it was scientific in many ways too, but. Um, yeah, it's almost like thinking like in the perspective of a camera, you know, like moving from a mm. dolly up to a jib or, or vice versa. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, think of it yeah. as, a, as an entity. Yes, that exactly. Needs to and move well, well, with each move too, we had a different camera, so mm. there'd be different kind of, you know, yeah. a lot of our cameras were. I mean, the majority of the of the film was on a crane because it needed to float. It couldn't be so earth, earthbound as a dolly or something like that. It had to we kind of float, that. and mm. and we always had a little float, and, so, and it's also just a little kind of we literally just kind of go back and forth a little like this too, mm-hmm. so that saying to Dion, we need to feel. Yeah, I mean, it just, wish of the ocean. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it just had to rock a little, so you always felt like we were kind of just moving like that. I mean, that's what that's what the challenge. I mean, that's why I feel like if we hadn't done all these prior movies, even even Mary Poppins Returns, that big animation scene. Sequence. Yeah, we had two different sequences in yeah. that that really helped that, us. There were, yeah, there were sort of – to have had – and a lot of those were on wires and yeah. things like that too. To have had that experience was like a little prep for this film, <laughs> but not quite. I mean, this was really like the most challenging film ever. Can, can, if you had some advice to give yourselves as younger filmmakers, um, maybe you're struggling to get that first break. Mm. Might you have something to tell the audience or, or someone else that's starting in their kind of journey? I mean, I always say – no matter what you're doing, just just do it. Like work breeds work. In other words, if you work on something, just it doesn't matter if it's in your basement. I don't care if it's on the street. The thing is you're just you're learning and you're just putting it out there. People are I think a lot of people these days want to jump. Mm. You know, I started as a performer. I never took a film class in my life. Mm. I um, moved into uh, becoming a dance captain and an assistant choreographer, then a choreographer, and then a director. This was all on stage before I did anything on film. So, it, it, but there was, you know, you it, you have to take the steps because I don't think it just happens like all of a sudden that you come down and you're bump. You're now you're this, you know, whatever steps you're taking, and I think you have to just approach everything you're doing as if it's really important. You know, you're not just like waiting for the big break. It's like, it doesn't work like that. You have to just, you have to give everything you have. Don't be, yeah. and don't be afraid to work small. We live in a very, uh, like immediate kind of culture now where everybody wants it now and they, they see how easy yes. things are to get. And that's not how we work. No. We kind of, again, talk about foundations. We both really just, Yes. Took our steps. And, and there's no, I don't think there's any, there's no plan that works for everybody. Like everybody has their own trajectory. It, you know, I mean, I have to say, I felt when I started working on film, I felt more at home even than in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was always said this to you, John, that I, when I would think about um, staging something on stage, I would always imagine the film in my head first and then translate it to a proscenium stage, you know? So, and I realized when we started working on film uh, that I didn't need to make that translation or transition to that. I could just, it's already there because film, there's no boundaries. You see it, it opens, you can try, you can do anything. You have all the almost, almost too much flexibility. We were just talking about this the other day. Yeah. Because we were both saying as kids, we both thought movies were what we in our minds, that was our imagination. Yeah. We're films mm-hmm. more than theater, but we started in theater. Yeah, it's yes. it's odd. Yes, yeah. so it was a natural. And well, we tried to work in theater together, and it lasted for <laughs> like one afternoon. <laughs> we couldn't. We were in a in a rehearsal room, yeah. and it just we both yeah. had to like be the chiefs, if you know what I mean. Yes. Not yeah. neither of us were willing to like take yes. the back seat. Yeah. yeah. But then Robbie went to do um, Chicago mm. and said, "You have to come." And I said, "No, no, no." He said, "No, movies are so big." I need you on this. Yes, and it's so helpful to have and I was John as a collaborator because 
we have a very similar vision about things, but also at the same time, there is so much to do on mm-hmm. a film and so much to prepare and so much to that that to have John as a partner, a creative partner as we're working is invaluable. And so it, it's I mean, it's it's been wonderful. It's also, you well, know, it's your life. So it's four and a half years of your life. Right. So it's this massive journey. Well, we know? are so similar, but we also are different. Yeah. I mean, we are. I mean, I'm always. Well, that's yeah. true. Well, I, I, I still am talking about changes to this movie. And he's like, John, too late now. slowly. <laughs> I it's amazing you've created such a partnership. But yeah. we, we do have to we have to wrap this up, I'm afraid. Oh, oh goodness. Um, but a joy to be with you. Yeah, yeah you such guys. Such a pleasure. Just amazing. a joy. Just Bless wonderful. You. Thank you. Even amazing. with your top ma- gun maverick. You know, <laughs> I love you took it off. I know, you did take it off. You could have sat there like this the whole time. Yeah, you could have just kind of filmed by allegiance to. What a pleasure. No, but you're really interested. You don't look at cards. You're like right here yes. with us. Yeah, it's what like, a joy. A this joy. is what we a total joy. die for. A total right. joy. Thank you. We could have gone on for oh, oh, I know. We've, 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 we've gone. We stood up oh way too. Again, yeah. you heard the bell go on? Yeah. Bell's already gone. You guys are amazing. What a great film. It's out now. Go watch it. Yeah, but you're natural filmmakers too. Yeah, we are. 100%. You can tell. You're open. You can tell. You can tell. You have it. You Good have luck. it. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Great. Thank you. Well, there we have it. Wasn't that fun? Weren't they a delight? And they were so nice to me and Dom as well. They actually thought we were yeah. actual decent presenters and we can do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely gonna use that clip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how we got away with that. We must have been nodding in yeah. the right way at the right times. No. Um... <laughs> yeah. All things considered, we are competent filmmakers, um, and it's quite nice when people that are um, top Hollywood producer directors um, mm. notice such uh, and even tell us. Yes. It's very. Uh, it's, it makes makes all this hard work that we uh, we do bringing these nuggets of information worthwhile. It does. It does indeed. I love chatting to them. I, I, I felt very at ease, I think, after the first couple of minutes. <laughs> but it's, it's a shame because we were actually record- We were chatting away before they managed to turn over. Um, yes. so, and all that stuff was just lovely stuff. And then suddenly they turn over yeah. and you go, oh, we have to do a proper hello type welcome. And it's, yeah. you've already done and it. welcome. And it's always a yeah. bit <laughs> eggy. Um, but yeah. actually such lovely gentlemen, really nice, cared about mm. filmmaking, cared about filmmakers. And I hope you got mm. so much out of that. I, I, do you know what I what I thought we could touch on? Because it was, I think, it was about a thirty-five minute interview, and we've got a bit of time. Why not talk about what they said, which was long-standing collaborations and the fact that they have this amazing relationship to make that many films together and be that successful is ridiculous. You know, I, yep. so and I thought it'd be really interesting for our filmmakers to talk about that and how hard it is and how you've got to really cultivate mm. and really work hard to just like yoga you, re- you work really hard to sustain those relationships <laughs> just like yoga uh you know if you're if, you, if your yogurt's going to go moldy because you don't put it in the fridge that's your fault yeah you need to look after yeah, yeah. it and care you need for good it. bacteria i mean that's a good metaphor actually <laughs> good bacteria you need, you need good people in your in your collaborations <laughs> Work, work with a yakult, not a, not a mouldy mouldy yogurt. <laughs> Make sure they're vegan as well, because they go off less. It's so true. It's fact. Um, but yeah, that's um, yeah. I think that's really interesting, and how you can do that, and how they have done that, and they got on so well as well. They're partners in real life. You know, that's not easy, you know? So hard to no. work with your partners. I know so many of our brilliant filmmakers who work with their partners. It's not easy. It's really difficult. And the fact that they hit the top and stayed there, and it's not easy. It, it, it really helps. It, it really helps to have someone, um, you know, to collaborate with. It, it does make life a lot easier when you've got, like, a bouncing board. Yes. Um, someone that's sort of got your back. Yeah. Um, and someone that sort of understands the shorthand and, and is in, the, in in it for the sort of the the easy and the harder stuff. Well, that's it, because sure. it is hard. Filmmaking is really hard. You know, look, even Rob Marshall and John DeLuca, who have got a lot of money behind them and have got a lot mm. of success, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It might be easier in certain stages to go, well, we need to previs this, we need to do this, this is what mm. we need, the script needs this work. Well, you can afford to do it. And obviously, when you're starting out, it's very difficult 
to do that. So of course there's going to be problems when you're on set before, afterwards, all the issues with that. And of course you're going to fall out. And I think that's a testament to mm. great relationships in this business is if you can, you know, you can say how you feel, you can get out what you need to get out. But at the same time, you love each mm. other and you care about each other and you go, look, okay, sorry about that. Uh, that was me being a yep. shit. Um, forgive yep. me. And you go, no worries. I get it. We're under stress. We're under pressure. We all are. And things can go wrong. Uh, and, and those long-lasting and relationships, are, you know, if you get them in this industry, they're the best. They really are. Mm. You and Jack, lovely, lovely collaboration. Yeah, exactly. Me and Lucinda have made four films together. Absolutely. Yes, that's true, yeah. Uh, yep. The list goes on with certainly my yep. Andrew Roger, myself, Alexa War. She's awesome. Yep. If you see, and these kind of relationships, it's true. You, you become you become really good friends when you shoot films yep. with people, and you connect because you go through absolute hell together, and you go through joy together. There's a lot less joy. Um, those joys are very yep. few and far between. But the sense of achievement is massive, and it's so hard to put into words that when you play it's like if you're playing a tennis game you're on your own winning that match or if you're playing doubles then that's the difference it's like breaking your ankle in a tennis game <laughs> what <laughs> just making films as oh, an independent filmmaker that's really, yeah no yeah. I get it now yeah, yeah, yeah. it really is <laughs> and, and then and then when you've got the broken ankle it's like someone has lined up three or four <laughs> of the ball machines on the other side of the net they remove the net and then they're just firing the balls at your head <laughs> as you just... try to crawl away it's just one of your fantasies because <laughs> <laughs> I like this metaphor though that's quite funny it's quite visual I had a visual of you on the there floor the yeah. problem was you were in pain and I didn't like that but I like the idea of someone firing balls at your head yeah well okay no, thank you, thank you. <laughs> no I think it's um, I think actually you know it comes down to collaborations and, and, and really it doesn't have to be all suffering uh, it doesn't have to be like a sort of enormously over serious environment. And actually, you know, if you write, if you work with the right people, you will have the sort of the joyous moments and, and the the fun and the the stress free um, parts of your shooting experience as well. Yes, so um, so true. Yeah, Look at, no, it's, yeah, it's definitely not all gloom and gloom. I just uh, had a good, I had a good, had a good tennis visualization, and I wanted to roll with it. So, so here we yes. are. Yes, here we are. Yes. When does Sean Connery like to finish his tennis games? Um, about tennis. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> it really was. I apologise. Double fault. <laughs> <That was double-fault. laughs> there were there, there's some other amazing collaborations who've been on the podcast. Spielberg and Christy McCosco Krieger, who's been on the podcast, episode 219, yeah. not that yeah. long ago. Talking about that collaboration, mm. how many films she's made with him. How incredible that experience yeah. must be to have that connection and for Spielberg to have an amazing producer around him that he can trust as well. Simon Pegg, Wright, another couple there, you know, thinking about that type of people. And anyway, it, basically, I think what we're saying is find those people. And when you do find them, cultivate those relationships and make them the best you can because they're few and far between. Great producers or great directors or great teammates, cinematographers, crew members. Yeah. We can learn a lot from yogurt, really, can't we? We can learn a lot from yogurt. Yeah. I once saw yogurt floating across my kitchen. Yeah. I think it might be paranormal activity. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you who saw us out in Cannes, thank you so much for coming up and saying how much you enjoy the podcast. I really appreciate that. Uh, and for those of you I hadn't met before, that was really nice as well. So much love. Uh, and yes. that it's really nice to hear, isn't it, Dom? Yeah, it is. It's very nice. I think I got just as many people saying they enjoyed my memes um, as, as my really? podcasting or, or film work, which is... Which is a sort of a compliment in itself, I guess. As long as people are happy, that's the that's the main. That's thing. that's the main thing, Tom. As long as you make them happy. Yes, but but I yes. think also also as well, <clears throat> an apology if there is anyone listening and you tried to there send is. a message to. to <laughs> funny guy, funny guy. Uh, if there's anyone who who, who tried to send, send a message uh, to meet up and I didn't reply, sorry, but it, it's just a chaotic, truly chaotic. So rude. Time. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried. I tried. I really tried. Yeah. And, and, and I think, like most people, you know, generally, if, if they know what you look like, they can come and say hello to you when you're at something. And, you know, that, that's a good way to, to say hello. But 
it is hard to you know to actually set aside coffee meets like usually it's just you know you've just got back-to-back meetings and then you're meeting struggling to see everyone as it is so it's it's a difficult time and i appreciate anyone that does reach out and i'm sure giles um does as well i absolutely do and thank you so much for those who listened honestly it means a lot so big hello back to you guys and girls uh for taking the time to listen and and hopefully learning something from this um which i do every time right until next tuesday when we have on either rob savage talking about boogeyman that mm-hmm. me and dom went to watch the other yep. day which was savage fantastic yeah. was savage yeah. It was frightening. Yeah. Dom did uh, jump on me a few times and grab me. And that was just yeah, before we went in. <laughs> I was just, just going to say. Uh, and then also Chevalier as well. We're talking yeah. to the director of Chevalier and some of the stars as well. So it's one of those two next week. How exciting for you all. Yeah. Um, absolutely. We will see you then or you'll see us on YouTube if you do want to go watch this. Uh, interview that myself and Dom had yeah. with Rob Marshall and John DeLuca if not you take care go yeah. out there and make your films make something happen for you and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well uh, it's your job to send the yoghurt back down uh, well actually if you if you send the yoghurt back down then the yoghurt might come back up again so <laughs> <laughs> especially if it was the one from your fridge <laughs> Yes, because it's developed a culture. Yeah. So, yes. 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 Okay, until next Tuesday, no more puns. It's enough. It's Too enough. Much. We went a bit overboard. Sorry, everyone. I, to be honest, there were so many yoghurt-based jokes mm. that it started to turn sour. So until next Tuesday. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just Googling some more jokes. One minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, any more? Is there anything here? You can have a joke like this delivered on the hour every hour. Now, by following us on Twitter or liking us on Facebook. <laughs> this is what you should put on your for, Twitter. For every bio. like, Giles will not make a joke. <laughs> anyway, this has been utterly brilliant. Until till next Tuesday. Take care, everyone. Yeah. Bye, Dom. Bye, Giles. Bye. <laughs>